I deserve to be here the way I am. Like, I'm here because of something I made with my kids. Hi, I'm Terry Siakis, and welcome to Season 2 of Success, the podcast, presented by MYOB. They say necessity is the mother of all invention, but Dr. Annie McCauley takes that one step further. She's combined the benefits of her research background with her drive to help her daughter Grace to create Talkie Play, which helps kids overcome speech delays. Annie talks us through how her love of taking things apart to see how they work was instrumental in creating a fun learning environment for Grace. So, did Talkie Play help? Let's find out. So, Annie, you are the founder and CEO of a tech startup that can transform any house into an interactive learning environment for children, and we'll get to that wonderful idea in a moment. But before we do, what can you tell us about Annie McCauley? How would you describe yourself as a person? I love learning. I know that's going to sound really lame, but I do. I love pulling things apart. I love doing things with my hands as well as reading books and going to lectures, every part of it. I just like to test myself and grow. And I love my family. And the two things, when they combine, oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's the area of what makes me, you know, sitting down, reading um, books with the kids or whether where it's like science works or pulling something about, apart in the backyard. I make lots of slime. We put like the Ninja Turtles in and the dinosaurs <laughs> and everything. And, Brilliant. <laughs> you know, but that's what I live for. And that's, that's what I am. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So what did you do for a crust before you became an entrepreneur? Mm. Well, I'm an academic and so I've, I've been uh, studying for a really long time. I did a PhD in um, biological markers uh, for understanding why people are losing their vision from diabetes. And I'm still an academic. I'm a postdoc. Um, so you've still a, got your day job. Yeah, I've still got my day <laughs> job. I'm yep. at a Centre for Research Excellence here in Melbourne and loving it. Uh, I love being an academic. And I'm a mum of two kids, uh, seven, about to be seven this week, yep. and three. And, yeah, I, I have been um, working really hard on my career and being mother. Okay. And the two have collided in this world um, because I had my son during my PhD. Wow. So I had him in the first year of PhD. Talk about multitasking. That's as multitasking as you can get. <laughs> oh, you're telling me. <laughs> it, was, it was not easy. And I, I, I'm going to say it up right. I, I don't recommend it yep. as, a, as a great way of starting a PhD. But, you know, I had the most amazing experience because I had, it brought me such clarity and focus. Yeah. because I knew what I wanted and I wanted to be able to do both. And all of a sudden it wasn't just about finishing this PhD for the research and for me. It was about finishing a PhD because it, I was being a good role model to my son. I was getting further education, which meant that, you know, I was going to have a good career and be able to provide for him. And that became a really pivotal and important thing to keep going. So the two were feeding off each other. Absolutely. Mm. So tell us about your other baby. Tell us about Talkie Play. What is it and how does it work? Well, Talkie Play makes spaces come to life and talk. So it transforms, you know, the classroom or your home into the objects in the environment being able to interact and talk 
with a child. And the reason it does that is that it increases a child's exposure to language and the concepts of early literacy, so expressive language, active language and receptive language. And it has games that interacts back with these objects. So it asks you to go find them um, and asks you to explore and there's songs and games that go along with that. And it seems like it might be quite, I guess, a fanciful and fun product, but there's a lot of really deep tech behind making this happen because it's artificial intelligence. Yeah. And then there's also a lot of really um, you know, um, profound research into why this is in play-based mode and active learning. Okay. Um, that it is fun for a reason to engage the child, but they're really learning while doing it. Okay. Can you give us a little example? I saw you do a demo, so I was able to actually interact with your tech and see the nuts and bolts of how it worked. Can you give us a little description of what a child might be able to do and hear and and see in a room that has talky play fitted into it yeah so a room that has talky play into in it means the child can go around and um, say they go up to a chair mm -hmm. and they can touch their device to um, a little picture that's on the chair and so they're walking around with a little handheld device yes yeah. exactly yeah so they're walking around with this handheld device and the handheld device is interacting so it's connecting back to the parents device be it a phone or an ipad and so the child goes out and explores, finds a chair, sees that the picture um, that we've got a little talky play picture is on that chair and can tap that picture. And that chair is going to say chair or it might sing, I'm a chair, I'm a chair, I'm a chair, I'm a chair. And yeah, suddenly that chair is not just this object, but it's actually having a conversation. It's chatting. Yeah. It's saying some words and really coming to life. And then the, the parent will go, oh, look, that child has you know seen the chair it might be of interest to them and we'll press a game on there mm -hmm. where it will ask them you know find the chair and the child will run to the chair and do it again and it will say yay you wow. found the chair and they receive rewards and encouragement but it also encourages the parent to get involved yeah so we're not trying to replace um, any human interaction. It's not a babysitter. Is that what you're saying? It's not, it's not a babysitter. <laughs> it's not so you can tune out and play Candy Crush. This, this is, there's a purpose to this, right? Yeah, there's a purpose to this. Yeah, it's a, it's about cre um, creating a dynamic pod. So you've got the parent and the child, and then the other person in that pod is talky play. And so creating a platform where everyone's in on the pod. And so at some points in the game, the child might be interacting more with the talkie play objects around the house, mm -hmm. uh, but the parent can come in and add value and richness to it saying, oh, wow, you know, what's next to the chair? Yeah. Look what you can find there. And, you know, and really being able to add, um, you know, cultural um, context as well, because that chair can be anybody's chair. Sure. So it's not just a classical chair that we see in a picture book, but it's that real child's chair in their real house yeah. and it's theirs. And then they're able to add language, you know, like, oh, yeah, I use that chair too. Or, you know, oh, this is the table that I put the dinner on. Yeah. You know, do you want to help me set the table later? Yeah. Uh, and so really bringing that parent into having meaningful conversation. Uh, and the reason behind that sometimes that, I, you know, Parents are quite tired. Mm. So um, when we're developing and um, increasing uh, language exposure for children, 
we're often told by you know, a speech pathologist, I've gone a bit off track here, but you know, this is, was made for my daughter who was really struggling with a language delay. So, and one in five kids are struggling with language delay. So you go see a speech pathologist, they're incredible and they, you know, they talk to you about how you need to encourage and practice language development at home and simple language, mm. like those first couple of few words. And that sounds really easy, but it's actually not. It's really hard and it's really hard to do, remember to do it every day. Yep. And it's really hard to encourage your child to do that. And I find that I was standing over her and saying, you know, this is a table. <laughs> yep. like, work with me here, child. Yeah, yeah. But um, actually what I realized I was doing was trying to get her to come, you know, to the table, like, you know, trying to get her involved. Yep. It wasn't working. Yeah. So w I went back to the drawing board and I built talkie play for her because what I wanted to do was create a situation that empowered her to learn and intrinsically motivating her to learn. So she found that table and said, you know, to me once I built this, table. Yeah. In, in the way that she was looking up at me and saying like, I found it. Yeah. You know, I've discovered this yeah. for the first time. Can you tell us a little bit more about what inspired you to create this? I created Talkie Play for my daughter Grace and yeah I was really tired and really you know really struggling balancing work <laughs> um, life just in general you know there's so many things as a parent to do like pay bills make sure you get to um, soccer training on time for the other child and then you add into the complication that one child is not developing the way you were expecting mm. uh, and that created a lot of stress and you know, I got her the best clinical care, but at the end of the day, it was going to come down to me practicing at home. And I just was running out of the capacity to do it, mm. you know. And so I went and I pulled apart phones, I pulled apart DVD players to create something for her because I couldn't find something out there. Mm. So I made Talkie Play and it took me quite a few times to get it right, but I did make it and it started to work. And with, you know, within a couple of days, she started saying words wow and for me as a parent my whole body just kind mm. of <laughs> dropped down like I just felt like this weight off my shoulders yeah. like I can use this all right and so I built it from there yeah but I guess you know I didn't just approach this as a parent um, I approached it as a researcher with a background in neuroscience and cellular biology but also from a very unique angle um, because I actually could empathize with her greatly about not being able to speak. Mm. Um, you know, when I was 18, I had a traumatic brain injury that left me without any speech um, and also without the ability to walk. So yeah. I can remember, you know, lying on the floor having a tantrum when I was 18. And by remember, I mean <laughs> people have told me mm. about it, but I, I remember the feeling in a way yeah. because I wanted to wear something yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't tell anyone what that was. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that you could probably tell that there was a period in time where I slurred, yeah. where I had no vocal output because I completely wiped out my Broca region of the brain. And the, the neuroplasticity of the brain is so incredible mm. um, that we've only just begun to understand our capacities it motivated me to do that. And I thought, I can do this. Yeah. 
You know, it's amazing. I'm sure your daughter is lucky to have you as a mum for lots of reasons. But when you describe your own experience and how it paralleled hers, but at a different time in your life, she's incredibly lucky to have you as her mum, isn't she? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not every day, but yeah. <laughs> just, I, I definitely think with the tantrums, I really related. So once you had this idea for Talkie Play, what were some of the first things that you did to start actually making it happen? What, what were your next steps? It came out of really nowhere in the sense that my son was on his iPad and there was a noise that came out of the iPad from the game. And, you know, my daughter was next to me at that point and she heard the noise and she mimicked it. Yeah, right. And for, for a child who wasn't making any noise, like yeah. she really was barely even mumbling um, noises, that blew me away. So she was responding not to my, because she wasn't responding to me talking to her, yeah. but she had mimicked, you know, a sound from an iPad, yeah. a tech sound. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah, tech. Like, if it's not me, yeah. what can I replace myself with to help this? Um, situation. So I started looking for games and, and any game that I could find on an iPad and I, and I got her doing it. However, when she was stuck on the screen, she didn't start talking. Yeah. She was involved and playing in the games. Yep. And a lot of the games were too hard for her to do. Sure. Um, she was too young. And I just wasn't getting any success. You know, I even tried around YouTube and things like that. And it wasn't producing that same initial thing when she heard the noise from afar yep. and just copied it with pure audio. So yep. I thought, what if I take the screen away and think about that not learning, that learning for tech doesn't have to happen in the parameters of a screen. Sure. Just because we always do doesn't yep. mean it has to. Because the screen's quite passive, isn't it? You're just an observer to what's going on. Absolutely, yes. Yep. And my son looks up from, you know, I, so I had butcher's paper at this moment all over the house um, that <laughs> yes. was the kids' drawing paper, but I was drawing and I was trying to come up with how I was actually physically going to do this. Yeah. And um, I had, you know, the crayons because they were, you know, <laughs> yeah. the method of choice yeah. going like that. And my son walked past as he's biting into an apple and goes, well, you know, just make the furniture talk to her then. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said... Oh, yeah, well, like it's as simple as that, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I said, yeah, thanks, great idea, but I don't think I can actually do that. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it and I drew out furniture on there and I said, I don't see why I can't do that. Yeah. Like that is out of the screen and it's in our house. I mm. have that chair and I have that table and over there is the kitchen. How do I make it talk now? Yeah. <laughs> so that's when I started ordering a whole lot of electronics and um, pulling out all different types of things. And I ended up, um, I had about seven different types of beacons, yep, as well as electronic buttons. But I found actually they were really annoying because you can't turn them off. Okay. So I needed a master control system. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, like the Fisher-Price toy that goes off in the middle of the night, you just you need an off switch to make sure that you control when it talks and when it doesn't. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And parental control was a really big factor in this sure. because, you know, yeah. You really want interactive, but you also, you know, the parents in charge. Yeah, yeah, as well. At the end of the day, and in those early days, so in the very um, early infancy, once you figured that bit out, at that point, what did you think success would look like? Oh, 
More than one word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was really going to be measured according to what you could enable Grace to do. Yeah. I felt like if I could reduce her tantrums, if I could start having um, some sort of communication, even through one or two words back with her, that was going to change our life. Yep. You know, that was going to make our relationship, you know, a relationship again that was not just cuddles but was actually community good. That she could actually get friends if she could talk. So it was going to mean that when she was at childcare, she could make a friend and I knew she'd be happy, um, that type of thing. And it meant then for me it would lighten my day up because I could go to work knowing she's happy. Yeah. So that's what success was about. I wanted to make her life happy. Okay. And so where do you think success actually started for you? Were there were there kind of little measures along the way where you felt like you were gaining momentum with this? When, yeah, I guess when she started playing it and I realised what I created was a game, for me that was a bit of, that was success because yeah. she was then asking for it. You know, like when we'd get home, she would say like, like you know, she'd be pointing for she wanted the device, yeah, and she would start then playing and interacting. But also, when I noticed that her behaviour started to change, okay. So early success for me was really around seeing that she started lifting her head up, you know, and she started having confidence. Mm. And she started being bold and she started taking risks in other areas, like jumping off the steps and, you know, like really being more physical. And I thought, yeah, actually, I started rethinking about what I'd made for her. And in the beginning, I thought I was making something that was about a word association with an object. Mm. And really what I was was making for her was a pathway where she could intrinsically be motivated to love learning and then to build self-confidence and that that self-confidence was spilling over into all other areas of her life. That's huge. Um, You made the leap from uh, researcher to tech startup founder. How did your work in research inform your work as an entrepreneur? Oh, yeah, that is a great question. Yeah, like doing a PhD and in research, you go into it and you fail so many times. You're trying to disprove your hypothesis. So it's like you're going in, you're doing these experiments, expecting and almost trying to fail. That was really good setup for life <laughs> and really good setup for in terms of going into a startup world. Yeah. Because thinking that you have the answer all the time um, can, can be a real challenge um, if it turns out that it's not right. And my academic career has set me up for really good practice at what it's like to go in and quickly fail over and over and over again, but for really good reasons um, and to keep experimenting. Annie, you're part of this year's She Starts Tech Accelerator program. Tell us a little bit about what that means and how it's shaped your journey with Talkie Play. Oh, being part of She Starts is incredible. I, I love being part of this group that one we all work together as a community so that's something that's fostered and wonderful and i think that you know when you support other women uh to grow and 
you know, you share your passion and you grow together, what you get out of the end is so much more than if you go it alone. But also just being part of something that is a, is a movement that's also saying, hey, women in tech can, you know, are amazing. Let's highlight that, that women in STEMs, you know, we're here and, we, you know, we're also, I guess, just putting a spotlight on it um, as I really wanted to be in that for myself, but I also wanted to be in it for, to be a role model. You know, I, I go to schools and I go to kindergartens and I, um, you know, do experiments and I do it in my lab coat. And I do that to show that women in tech don't always, and women in STEMs, I should say, don't look maybe what you think they're going to look like. Yeah. You know, that they're mums, that they're women, that, you know, they don't necessarily um, look nerdy in our stereotypical <laughs> things to be and feel nerdy at their core. Yeah. Um, and they also can be really, like, great at sport. They're the ones out kicking the football with you on the weekend, but they're just as likely to get in the lab or pull some hard tech apart. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think that, you know, while She Starts is doing an amazing thing, also as a political movement, it's really important. The model of the startup um, tech person being in their 20s, male and with a hoodie, yeah. it has, is what we associate a startup with. Yeah. And I'm trying to embody and also to just be really loud and proud about it that I am, you know, I'm feminine and I'm not going to actually change the way I dress or the appearance that I am um, to be here. Yeah. And that I, you know, I deserve to be here in tech as a woman in tech um, the way I am. And I got here because, you know, I am, yeah. you know, I, like, I'm here because of something I made with my kids. Yeah. And that, that is something that I should be really proud of and not something that I need to pretend that, that isn't a part of my dimension. Yeah. You That's know, such a great message. That's awesome. What, what is the best advice that anyone's ever given you, Annie? Question everything you know. <laughs> and, well, okay, that I would have two levels and they both came from my father. Um, is question everything you know, pull it apart and see if you can find out, if you can disprove it. And the other thing is always believe in love. I love that. And that's not, that's not the kind of message you would expect to hear associated with a podcast about successful startups I love that 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 is you know the best advice that you've brought to what you do if you had to give someone launching a startup a piece of advice would it be the advice I was giving you or would you give something totally different based on your experience as an entrepreneur I would say if you've got passion for something I would say jump in and do it don't hold back and I would also say if there's something really that's different about you something that you've been hiding um, because you're embarrassed about it or anything like that, the way I felt about my brain injury, mm. that I've been hiding it for years, you know, you're actually seeing the world from a different perspective than other people. Be proud of it. And as a startup, you know, use that power. Use the way you interpret and see the world and know that your difference is actually your superpower. Embody it and walk forward and start seeing yourself as this amazing person that can do anything and just don't hold back. That's great advice. Um, how will you know, Annie, when, when you're done? When will you look at everything you've done with Talkie Play and go, yep, finished, ready to move on to the next thing? Will that time come, do you think? My 
my um, journey with Talkie Play may at one stage come to an end. You know, ideally if every house and every early education centre in Australia and potentially the world has access to Talkie Play, has started doing active learning and um, talking about safe and security and emotional stability before learning and literacy, setting those um, platforms in place for empowering children in the educational space, that's when I'm done. I want to make a really big social impact on that. Mm. But in terms of my life journey around literacy education, I'm never done. You know, this is a lifelong journey and a lifelong love. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm going to keep going with this passion forever. I started out by asking you a big question and I'm going to finish by asking you a big question. Annie, are you successful? Yes, I'm successful. Yeah, I'm, I'm successful because I'm happy. Yeah, I'm successful because I know what I want and I, I'm passionate about what I do and I love with my whole heart. And for me, that's success, so I'm successful. Well, I think you are too. There's, there's no argument from me. And I think everything that you've said today has just been so valuable. And I think there's a lot of people who are going to hear what you've said today and it's going to resonate very, very strongly with them in ways that go beyond what they do for a crust. So thank you. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> Success, the podcast, was brought to you by MYOB. If you enjoyed it, please like comment and share. It's how we get to make more of them.